Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. It's Monday. That means football season. Professional handicapper Steve Fezzik joins us live there at the D Fremont Street, downtown Las Vegas. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. We've got a ton to get to as we look back to week three with Fez, but why don't we start with tonight? You mentioned the volatility. Seems to be some optimism Burrow is going to play. The number earlier today was two and a half. Every shop is showing three right now. Cincinnati laying it with the Rams in town. Why don't we back up a little bit, talk about where this opened, talk about the volatility, the line movement, where it sits, and why for a professional like yourself, you love this situation. So open six and a half with the expectation Burrow probably was going to play. And then as the week progressed, a lot of pessimism about Burrow. Line goes all the way down to two. Let's just hold off one second. Steve, if you can hear me, hold off one second because we don't have your mic quite open yet. Amal Shaw, we'll get to Steve in a second as we open him up. Maybe you were sitting right next to him. You can tell me exactly what he was starting with there. Yeah, Steve was talking about the line moving and simply because of the uncertainty of it, give, creating an opportunity for a betting standpoint. I don't want to speak for Steve because I may not cover something that he wants to dissect, but right now this line opened at six, six and a half, coming down all the way down to two with the expectation Joe Burrow wouldn't play. Good opportunity to kind of seize now an opportunity at minus three. Well, the opportunity, is my mic on? Can you hear me? No, Good. why don't we go ahead, Dustin, and you hand over your headset to, to Steve. And we can go, we can, there you go. We'll switch it up there and get Fez on the mic. Uh, Look ahead was seven, open Sunday, six and a half. And then we've been on a roller coaster ride with this number. This number got bet all the way down to the Bengals lane, a point and a half. As I mentioned, two, two and a half earlier today. And now everybody's showing three. Fez, the floor is yours. So it looks like Burrow's going to give it a shot, but um, a lot of the media and the content providers are saying, oh, it's too much uncertainty. You can't bet a game. As a pro better or as a Wall Street investor, you love volatility. You don't like it when a stock is trading at three the whole week. You like it when it's six and a half as it opened and then down to one, and now it's at three, and it looks like Burrow's going to give it a shot. Not five minutes ago at a major book in Nevada, I just bet some of the props, and I bet Bengals to score first. At Pickham, minus 115. Bengals to score last. Pickham, minus 115. Bengals to win race to 10 and 20, minus 115. Now, do I like the Bengals at three? No. I think three is probably, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't have any inside information. I think likely the market's saying, I, I can tell you, if Burrow plays and he's not 100% and he starts, I would make the game four. If he doesn't play, I'd make the Rams minus one. So it looks like he's likely, very likely, to give it a go and to start. I did play Burrow props because I don't know even if he plays how long he's going to last and how engaged he can be. So I played him under 256 for pass yards. I played him his completions under, etc. But um, but that Bengals, you know, to win race to 20, for instance, at minus 115, I mean, that's a crazy good number. That's a number that should be there if it was a pick'em game and they're laying three now. Very so well. the volatility, that this is something that you capitalize on. It, while everybody else is freaking out 
and focusing on the quarterback, you start looking at different ways to attack a game like this. Yeah, I've got no interest in investing in three, and I go back to, it's one of my favorite movies, obviously, Wall Street, Gordon Gecko. He's talking to Charlie Sheen, and Charlie's like, okay, Gordon, I've got the information, and Burrow is likely to play, but we're not certain, and that's where we stand the lines three, and Gecko starts screaming at him. He says, stop telling me the information and start getting me some. You need to tell me whether Burrow's playing or not until you can do so before anyone else and jump in front or as it's breaking before the market reacts, I have no interest in betting the side in this game. You mentioned that after you found out Burrow's going to play. For a lot of people, they bet Monday night games, sometimes for action or what have you, a variety of reasons. But how do you approach an injury like Joe Burrow, one of this magnitude for a team, and how instrumental it is or how it impacts a team like Cincinnati, just strictly from a betting standpoint? It, it, well, my point being is, was there a situation where people thought, you know, forget the sixth, and when it came down to two, two and a half, hey, do you still take the Rams? Where is their kind of buy point for them, depending on the scenario? Well, I love the Bengals under for season wins. Yeah. And let me break that down because people are like, well, wait a minute, Fez, you could have bet under 11 right before the season started. That's right. what the number was five minutes before kickoff on the Bengals. And now you've bet under 9.5. That's a big adjustment. I'd argue there's no adjustment because they're favored against Cleveland. They're favored against Baltimore. And they're a seven-point favorite against the Rams. So they basically were supposed to have, you know, um, if you stack those wins, 0 0.6, 0 0.6, and 0.7, so they're, they're, they're supposed to have basically two wins. At most, they're going to have one. They could well have zero, so give them 0.6 wins, so they've lost 1.4 to simplify the math. So the 11 goes down to 9.6. So why am I putting Bengals under 9.5? Because their power rating has taken a massive, massive hit. Obviously, that's shown in this point spread even though it's likely Burrow's going to play, and it's not certain that he is. Um, they're, only, they're only laying three, so this line's basically saying the Bengals with currently uh, formulated is, are only slightly better than the Rams, and that's going to carry over to all their future games as well. This looks like looks to be an, a lingering injury for Burrow, and to price the Bengals comparable to where they were earlier in the year is ludicrous. So Bengals under 9.5 with some extra vig would be a best bet. Yeah, if you peek ahead, you think about it. So they're playing on a Monday night, late tonight, and then they traveled to Cincinnati, excuse me, to Tennessee, Fez, uh, next Sunday in that 1 o'clock window. Right now, DraftKings is showing Tennessee a point favorite with Cincinnati in town. So think about that. DK has Tennessee the favored, and they were absolutely horrendous last week. Now, not as bad as Denver, maybe. But uh, certainly a top three in terms of horrific performances. I think they got like six first downs. They did nothing the entire game, and yet they're still laying against the Bengals. Well, if we're uncertain about how Burroughs' health is going to be next week, I think uh, we want to bet against the Bengals all year long, and that's why I love the under nine and a half season win. I like that breakdown, how you kind of still arrived at justifying betting nine and a half on the under, even though it's adjusted. So many times people get scared of that. I think it's a really good point you made there. Uh, in terms of that, you mentioned the Tennessee look-ahead line. Now, is this a scenario for you where you sit there and say, and I like the under 256 you've played because there's probably a greater probability or possibility of him having some hiccups or difficulties during the game, first game. Remember, guys, he didn't participate much in training camp at all. So really a difficult scenario here. Titans a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home, and if we see Burrow get hurt or if he's unable to play next week, where could that line potentially go in terms of Tennessee's favor? So I got Cincinnati without Burrow. Uh, it's all numerical. Yeah. Um, I've got them a minus four. And Tennessee, after their horrific performance, I've got them a minus two. So what does that mean if they, these teams played on a neutral? I'd have Tennessee, if no Burrow. Yeah. Tennessee laying two, as crazy as that sounds. Now, if Burrow plays, then he's worth... Well, he's worth seven and a half points healthy. He yeah. won't be healthy. He'd be worth like five and a half. So, uh, but Tennessee's home, so you can you, know, you can you can flip it around. Basically, I think it's about a five point difference right now. A compromised Burrow versus um, you know uh, the Bengals, whatever Browning is. I guess University of Washington. You tell me, Amal. You're you're, I, you're probably I, more knowledgeable. I said I'd rather have Brock Hewitt, Damon Hewitt, or Michael Penix than Jake Browning playing quarterback today for Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals with Jake Browning. It's not a great omen. Uh, an hour before the Cincinnati kickoff will be Philly at Tampa. So 4.15 our time, boys, 7.15 on the East Coast with the doubleheader tonight. Curious where your number is on this one, Fez. We've got Philly laying five and a half and a total of 44 against an undefeated, yeah, Bucks team thus far. So I made this game on a neutral five. I have Philly five points better. I'm way down on Philly. I think they've been playing very poorly. I think the New England game, they got massively outstatted. Wasn't impressed with the Viking win, and the Vikings at 0-3 obviously aren't impressing anyone. Having said all that, I'm always worried 
when the market is disagreeing with me. Now, this could be public money. Certainly, there's some public money betting the favorite. But I bet plus five and a half myself, and the number has gone no, nowhere. And I even saw Circa went to six on this game. Yeah. And so as soon as that happens, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to – I mean, I'm a confident guy, but I'm not going to be arrogant and say, oh, everybody's betting the wrong side. If I can't explain why the number's not – why the sharps that are betting, the big money that's betting isn't agreeing with me, I'm immediately more cautious, although my numbers point emphatically towards Tampa Bay. And there's strong trends, too. When you have a 2-0 team at home against another 2-0 team, the, rather just an undefeated team, especially on Monday Night Football, you want to look to back the home underdog. Steve, expand upon that a little bit, what you just referenced in terms of the market moving against what you perceive to be the right side. So explain a little bit as to why you might have some pause or some uncertainty with it, because... I'm sure there are times where you have an opposing view and it works out perfectly as you plan and sometimes it doesn't. But where do you kind of draw the line in terms of what your position might be? So we basically can never make a big bet of all. Because <laughs> if we if we love Tampa Bay plus yeah. five and a half and it drops to three and a half, I'm like, well, we can't bet plus three and a half. We could add five and a half. Right. But if we love Tampa Bay plus five or five and a half and it goes to six, but we can't play, we got so much opposition. So we're stuck like staying on the sidelines. I know that's terrible, but I'll give an example. Be, be careful. Um, great college football handicapper, solid winner, wins every year in his betting. But uh, Brad Powers yeah. really likes San Jose State. So he bets San Jose State plus four against Air Force. All right, line goes down initially to three. And then nothing but flyboy money. Winds up closing Air Force minus six and a half. So it'd be easy to say, well, I, Brad Powers is a winning handicapper. He does very well. My goodness, if he, he really likes San Jose State at four, I'm going to bet plus six and a half. Right. I'm going to bet a ton. And you would have lost a ton because guess what? He's not infallible. Sure. He missed it on that game. He just got one game wrong. Right. So don't go to war when the market is flipping you the bird and telling you, hey, that's a lemon. We all have lemons. I have lemons. So be. Um, I'd much rather, I, I worship at the, at the altar of CLV, closing line value. Any one game, it doesn't matter. But in the long run, you've got to have a tickets in your pocket that are better than what the closing line value is. That's why props like Bengals to get to 21st, 10-first, um, to, to score first, to score last, all at minus 115 are so good. They have so much CLV for a three-point favorite. When we return, we're going to get to week three week recap, which I love doing with Fez. We throw him a game, and he tells you from a betting perspective what you can carry over to the next week. But before we go to break, why don't you go ahead and lay out those props you're betting tonight uh, with the Rams in Cincinnati? Yeah, Rams to... Uh, Bengals to score first, Bengals to score last, Bengals to win the race to 10 points, and Bengals to win the race to 20. I, I bet those all at MGM eight minutes before I arrived in studio. Also, what we love to do with Fez, he, he's a numbers guy. So when coaches make boneheaded decisions, we jump into Fezzik's brain and ask, would he do that or would he not? I'm talking about you, Brandon Staley, and of course, Josh McDaniels. When we return with professional handicapper Steve Fezzik next, here's Sharp Money. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, when you become a VSIN pro, you get the VSIN picks, including Steve Fezzik, professional handicapper, just gave out four plays on a Monday night game tonight. Those will be entered. We'll send them to you. Introductory offer for as low as $19 and they're easily sortable. You can see the leaderboard as well. Our very own Dustin Sweetelson is absolutely killing it. He sits atop the leaderboard for ROI. Congratulations to the big guy. VEASAN.com slash subscribe to check out everybody's picks, both hosts and guests. Speaking of guests, Steve Fezzik, pregame.com, two-time Super Contest winner, joins us every Monday, which is a thrill for us. And it's a tremendous opportunity for a sports betting audience to learn something, some sophistication here when it comes to betting. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. Okay, I wanted to ask you week three as far as a recap and then get into some of the coaches' decisions. However, as we return, why don't we discuss the big talking point over the weekend in college football? And that was the Oregon money line, Steve Fezzik. So we talk about closing line value and how the markets get it right except if the public money dwarfs the sharp money. And that happened in the Colorado-Oregon money line. So what happened is that at least one media guy said, oh, I'm betting Colorado again to go ahead and pull the upset on the money line, despite being a 21-point underdog um, at Oregon. And a 21-point dog wins less than 10% of the time on average. And that money line got so low in town in Vegas, you could lay minus 700, minus 750. No problem. You could get big, big bets on that. And, you know, I bet it. Crackman bet it. Um, we all bet it. And people are like, you're crazy. You know, you're, you're, here, here you're on the – you're, you're the fool that bet Purdue in, in, in the NCAA tournament to win. Well, guess what? You know what? If I can lay minus 750 on something that's going to win 92% of the time, I'm going to do it each and every time. And um, obviously, it was nice to talk about a bet that we won and we could cruise to rather than one I was either sweating or lost. Yes. So you ended up, so you laid 750 on Oregon. Okay. That was, what was the number you found before the segment started, big guy? Because I think I did see some 750s floating out there as well. That's a good number. It was between six to one and 750, somewhere in that range. And okay. what when what happened is so the betting public is taking the plus you know the the, the the six to one and the plus five fifty and the sharp bookmakers and you know the bookmakers don't like me around town I'll, I'll say it you know so um, if I was the bookmaker I'd, I'd put a call up to the to, to, to the suits and that, that own the casino and say look these are absolute Dumbo bets this is McGregor Mayweather two where the public is betting Oregon at at um, I'm sorry they're betting Colorado at plus. 580 and plus 600 and we're just going to book take all of it because it's such a stupid bet and we should have like a multi-million dollar liability and guess what we'll be just fine in the long run but they get jelly in the belly these these hall of fame bookmakers and they're like oh but they got to answer to the suits upstairs so they drop it to the point where you know the pros can come in and get value minus 700 minus 750 a couple things first of all i love your comparison because that was the exact one i was going to use mcgregor mayweather I mean, you have the greatest defensive fighter of all time against a guy who's an MMA guy. And a similar situation here to which he alluded to, uh, Patrick. You know, Steve talked about it. Everyone who was hyped up on the uh, Colorado Buffaloes, winning the football game and covering 21 points, which they did comfortably, are two completely different things. And that, I think, sometimes gets overlooked in the scenario. Now, someone did say that, well, it's not the perfect comparison because McGregor literally would lose that fight 99% of the time. But True. I countered with it, and I said, you know what? But boxing is a long history of shenanigans. And True. basically what you were doing when you were betting on Mayweather in that fight, you were laying minus 400 that the fight wasn't fixed. Yeah. But you know what? It's possible that, that, that something um, irregular could be occurring, but the fact that Mayweather had that undefeated record that, really was the key. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say with Floyd, I, I think it would have been a tough one. Somebody else you might have been able to, but not with Floyd. Yes. Okay, Steve Fezzik, of course, you're Steve Fezzik, but let's for a second pretend you're Brandon Staley, coach 
of the Los Angeles Chargers. It's fourth and one on your own 24. You're up four at Minnesota. There's just under two minutes to play. Do you go for it or do you punt? It's too close to call, so I punt so I don't get fired. And I don't want my entire <laughs> locker room to alienate them. Analytically, maybe you can make a case for you should go for it. Certainly, when you're averaging one yard per rush, maybe you don't like try to run it up the middle with the predictable play call. You know, I'm, I'm going to throw someone under the bus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call for the firing of everybody here, but not the coach. ESPN Analytics and everybody else should be fired immediately because here's the numbers they throw. No one questions this. They say, oh, the, if you go for it, you're going to win, according to our numbers, 89% of the time. If you punt, you're going to win 82% of the time. On what planet did you, do, did you trust the Chargers that you would lay 400, that they're going to win that game if they punt, and there's two minutes left? I get it. The Vikings are out of timeouts. They've given up 470 yards. All the Chargers do is lose close games and get torched on defense. And you think you're going to win four out of five if you punt? Whoever did those analytics, you, you have no idea what you're doing. Now, I get it. The Chargers would be favored, and they probably would have won. I don't know. Maybe they win 68% of the time, but 82% if they punt or 88% if they go for it. Both those numbers are ludicrously high. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. The 82% seems astronomically high, especially when you talked about it. This Chargers team, the way they folded in a tight game situation. And one update real quick, Patrick, in case people missed it. Mike Williams out for the year with a torn ACL. And I was looking back at his games played. I, I got to tell you, this surprised me a little bit. Mike Williams has actually missed far fewer games in his career than I thought. I, I thought Mike Williams has missed like a ton of games. His rookie year, he missed six games. But uh, last year, he missed four games. This is going to be the first time he's out for the entire season, pretty much. Well, he's always questionable. Yeah, that's, that's why, true. Right? Right. So he always <laughs> plays at 90%. Yep. Yes. Yep, Mike Williams, the big target there for Herbert, out for the season and the Chargers with a torn ACL. Okay, last night, right down the road from you, Allegiant Stadium, you're Josh McDaniels, okay? It's fourth and four, you're down eight. You're on the eight-yard line of the Steelers. Again, you're down eight. You elect to kick a field goal to cut it to five with 225 to play and three timeouts remaining. Are you making the right decision as the head coach? No, you're making the wrong decision because your decision should be, um, my stat geek, what am I supposed to do? Thank you. Go for it? Okay, we'll do it. Why are these coaches making the decisions? They have 100,000 things that they're doing over the course of the season. Why would you put that decision on them? They should have a guy in the air that says, look, it, it's not close. The analytics say you got to go for it. Okay, we'll go for it. And, and if the analytics guys say, you know, it's too close to call, then the coach can break the tie. So bottom line is he got confused. He got confused because they kicked the field goal down eight two minutes before, yeah. which didn't really matter whether he kicked the field goal or went for it at that point. And he said, oh, because it's like a poker player. I played this hand this way, so I should play it the same way, right? No, because now there's so little time left. I'm by the goal line. Easy analysis. One, when in doubt, always go for it. You're rarely going to be wrong. Two, when in doubt, ask the opposing coach what would you want to do. If you have the Raider, if, I'm sorry, if you have the Pittsburgh on the money line, you're like, please, God, kick yes. the field yes, goal. It's absolutely. so obvious. Thank you. They're kicking the field goal. You know, to your point, I love the breakdown Steve just gave there. Uh, with four, fourth and five at the Pittsburgh 22, they chose to go for it with 13-13 remaining in the fourth quarter. They end up not getting it. I thought that was a scenario where they could have taken the field goal because it would have still made it, it would have still kept it a two-possession game. However, you had 13 minutes, but it negates now you having to go for two twice and being successful. I've, I've heard everybody say exactly what you said. So yeah. you're in, I'm on an island here. That's I, um, I completely disagree. You're down 16. Yep. You don't kick field goals. You're down 16. You don't decrease variance down 16. What, what, what happens when you go for it fourth down? Mm -hmm. You increase variance, and that's exactly what you need to do to come from behind when you're down 16. you got to go for it. I, I don't have a problem with the decision or your argument to go for it. My only rebuttal to it is that are you going to make both two-point conversions? That, yeah, that's, that's the only point I would make. But, I, you know, Patrick, as Steve just pointed out so aptly, there, too many of these scenarios, why kick? Just go for it. And, and I thought he gave the best example, and I think about this every time when a team is the ball fourth and one. I am praying they're taking a field goal or punting because I'm just assuming they're going to make it on such a short drive or distance. And, and the well, people, are, yeah. they're Go like, ahead, fourth and four, it's hard to pick up. Well, they had to pick up a fourth and 90 <laughs> as, it, as, it, as it turned out yeah, on the exactly. last play of the game because so often if you're down 16, it is unrealistic to assume you're not going to face a hurdle that's going to be far more large than a fourth and four. Circus Survivor bloodbath, Steve Fezzik. 73% eliminated before week three's even finished. The Jags lost to the Texans. The Ravens lost to the Colts. Cowboys lost to the Cards. Is there anything we can take 
as far as a lesson for Survivor contestants moving forward? Yeah, when there's an 18% overlay in the millions, don't enter the Survivor contest because it's largely luck. I mean, it's really fun and you want to enter it. But uh, here's an example, and I mean, I'm out, so I had three entries. So sour grapes on my part. I'd argue that if, if, if you played for the long run, you probably are out and you didn't have a whole bunch of entries because, um, you know, the safe entry Kansas City was not the right way to longevity wise. But when both Baltimore and Jacksonville both go down as seven half point favorites, my goodness, it was a difficult week to survive. So take solace if you got knocked out. You probably well not the guy that took no picks, the eight people that did that. That probably wasn't such a good a, a good move. And maybe you could argue, hey, even without the overlay, the no-pick guys are certainly giving you an advantage that way. But it's a whole lot of fun. I see why everybody joins it. And uh, whoever wins, well, I wouldn't buy their picks for the rest of the year, whoever wins it this year. And over under, probably uh, going to be a lot fewer people than expected. We might have less than 10 winners this year. 9,267 entered. Circus Survivor, 2,481 remain. That is a bloodbath. When we return, a week four teaser from Steve Fezzik. Week four Monday Night Football as well. And my favorite part, when Fez joins us, the week three recap. So what can we carry forward as far as these teams and sports betting? We continue. Sharp Money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, I've got an update for you on the VEASAN host subscription contest. One, I didn't realize Bill A.D. is putting up the $1,000 himself for the Super Bowl future, which is pretty cool. Two, Bill decided to flip it today. It's no longer 10%. It's 40% off the football season for an annual subscription. You have to use the promo code SHARP. I can tell you we're well behind in the contest. If you want to help out the big guy, Amal, and myself, go to vcin.com slash subscribe. Enter the code SHARP right now. You get 40% off the annual subscription. It's a great deal. All you have to do is use the code SHARP. Good job, Bill AD and the crew, and good job to the rest of the shows as well. Speaking of good jobs, uh, Steve Fezzik is here professional handicappers we were just talking about circa millions um you have started hot my friend what's the update there yeah so i i have multiple entries the best ones 10 3 and 1 the others are are doing fine and i have the rams tonight plus three which i would not have selected now given the markets like right at 3.1 when i came into studio but um at the time i thought it more likely burrow wouldn't play now i think it's it's more likely he will play but um, maybe we get lucky and rolling with the Rams here. Certainly making Bengal bets, though, on props and et cetera. Starting to see the three on Cincinnati juiced, Steve. I'm sure you're seeing the same thing. It was 110 a little earlier. Uh, most showing $1.15, $1.20 on the three. So maybe a little love for Burrow potentially giving it a go. Some optimism there. Five and a half. I think you mentioned that Circa even went to six with Philly at Tampa. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Let's let's go back up a little bit to move forward. I always like to go back and pick out some games and get your opinion on what to do with these two teams moving forward. So we'll start with Baltimore and Indianapolis. Baltimore, a 22-19 loser to Indy at home. So let's not overreact to inflate Indy. This was a little bit of a phony final. Baltimore won the yardage five yards per play to four for Indy. Baltimore won the overall yardage, and if um, if Tucker just kicks the ball two more yards, which he always does, Baltimore just wins, and we don't really upgrade Indy much at all. So be careful. Pump the brakes on Minshew and Indy being a playoff contender. Okay, beautiful. Dallas closed 11, 11 and a half at Arizona. It was a 28-16 straight-up loser for the Cowboys. What do we take with these two? So we never want to overreact any one game, but I'm going to do it. I bumped Arizona two and a half points because every, every expert in the world told me Arizona's defense is terrible and these guys don't belong in the NFL and Dobbs can't play and Dobbs can play and the defense is playing inspired and this is not a team that's tanking in any way, shape, or form. Two and a half point upgrade to Arizona. Uh, congratulations, Chicago Bears. You're now the clear cut worst team in the NFL by margin. Okay. It's a game we discussed a little earlier 
We knew the game was going to get weird, and it delivered. That being Los Angeles at Minnesota. The Chargers walk away with the defensive stop and a win at the end. What do you take away with these two teams? I don't understand the media because they, they just love piling on Brandon Staley, worst coach in the history of the NFL. You're right. There was the worst coaching in the history of the NFL, but it was on the Vikings side. Every team should have a play. Bison, bison. And you know what bison is? Bison means the clock is going tick, 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 and I'm in the red zone. I don't have much time, so I've got my pre-programmed play. You know, Kirk Cousins is like, I had to call a play. No one could hear me. I couldn't hear the coaches. Yeah, you call bison. You rush to the line of scrimmage. You pretend to throw it in the end zone, and you have an out pattern. You zip it. It takes six seconds. So instead of spiking, you try to pick up five yards. Bison. And, 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 and why you don't call bison there? Like 20 seconds run off. Everyone on Minnesota should be fired immediately because it's just so obvious. You do that in that situation every single time. The Bears have lost 13 straight, never stood a chance. Number closed 12 and a half in Kansas City, a 41-10 beatdown of the Chicago Bears. What do we take moving forward for both the Bears and the Chiefs? I'm going to ask our panel, and I did not rehearse this question, how many games are the Bears going to win? I'm going to start with you, Patrick. Uh, two. Two. I was, gonna go, I was gonna go somewhere between two and three. Dustin. I was gonna say three. I just bet under five and a half with Vig. So these are the sort of things, if you wanna be a professional gambler, like people are like, oh, it's, really? I, I get in this fight all the time. There's a guy, Johnny, that I was, I was on this Circles Off podcast. I'm screaming at him because he's like, oh, I, I do believe Steve wins, but I don't know why he doesn't have hundreds of millions of dollars. And I'm like, well, I got expenses, you know, and the like, it's, it's, kinda, it's kinda difficult. You know, I wanna pay Johnny's tuition for me. Um, but the bottom line is, these are the sort of bets that ties up your money. But why would you have your money in a bond fund, earning 5.5% when you can play the Bears under 5.5 wins? I don't know what I lay. I lay like minus 150. I just played this at Caesars. Um, it would be a miracle if the dollar does this and the yen does that and the infrastructure does the other thing, as Danny DeVito said, and other people's money. Guess what? The Bears are still going to go bankrupt. By, by the way, to Steve's point, and Patrick, this is an optimistic outlook on the Bears 5.5. Let's say they beat the Broncos, the Commanders, and the Raiders in October. They have a phenomenal month. They go three and two. And all those teams are saying, that's a win for us. Right yeah, now. exactly. But we're, we're going to give it to the Bears right now. They're not beating the Saints. They could beat the Panthers. That could be their fourth win. They can beat the Arizona Cardinals in late December. And then maybe you can beat the uh, Falcons in December on the 31st. But here's the problem. Inclement weather in Chicago at that time. Desmond Ritter just needs to turn around and hand the football off. I mean, where is this team getting six wins from? They're going to be an underdog in every yeah. one of those games. They won't be favored in a game the rest of the year. Well, aren't they an underdog next up? And they've got Denver, who just got 70 dropped on them. Yes, Denver <laughs> is at Chicago, and Denver's laying three here, Fez. There's a line from the Bad News Bears where, they, where the Bears are bemoaning. They're like, we just got creamed by the worst team in the league. And Ogilvy says, second, second worst team. I mean... <laughs> When you, when you look at this Broncos team right now, I, I, look, you know, Patrick, you talked about when we started the show, Devin A. Chain can fly for this team. He's, he's a tremendously fast running back. But it looked like on that touchdown run he had, there was zero effort from the Denver Broncos defense. And it feels like, to me, the Bears had a comparable effort in Kansas City yesterday. I just don't know which team actually even wants to play on Sunday. I, I think there's there's a common theme here that we're seeing, that when you, when, when, when you have teams that... Um, have distractions and coaches quitting and not wanting to be there on the college side or the NFL side. Um, don't try to catch the, 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 the falling knife. You know, they're just free falling and let them fall. Just wanted to ask you about one more matchup and then we'll get to your plays. And that is Houston beating Jacksonville 37 17. Much of an adjustment on those two teams coming out of that one? You know, not as much as you think. I bumped Houston one and a half because I do think that Strout played very well, and he's clearly looking to be the, the class of the quarterback league. But um, Jacksonville didn't get out stat. It was a pretty equal stat game. And, you know, the, <laughs> the, 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 the uh, fullback runs back the kick for the touchdown after he muffs it. Um, so things kind of went, they were unlucky in the game. Uh, Jacksonville was. So let's not, let's not get too carried away with Houston being a contender. Okay, your week four teaser coming up this week. That is Green, ba Green Bay, pardon me, and the Giants. Yeah, so we won with our teaser last week on our, we teased through the zero and got away with it, with the Saints and the Saints. Um, 
whenever we get a game line close to zero, we talked about this. We love getting one and a half. Not because it's that much different than zero, although it, it does seem like that makes all the difference in any Green Bay game, right? Where every game lands one. Um, but because we can tease through that key numbers, three through seven, and get it up to seven and a half. So we're going to tease um, Green Bay from one and a half up to plus seven and a half. And we'll go to Monday Night Football where Seattle is not just better. They're clearly better than the Giants. And they're catching one and a half. I don't know why. We'll tease them up to plus seven and a half. So is Seattle, Green Bay is not one more official play on the teaser. Six points. Have to lay minus 120. Do not lay more than one minus 120. You won't win if you're laying more than one minus 126 point teasers. Yeah, that's Beautiful. one of the problems right now, Patrick. I'll tell you what, you start looking around, you're seeing, uh, I saw a property at minus 140 on a six point teaser, 150 on a seven and a half. And I mean, on a six and a half and then 160 on a seven point teaser. I'm waiting for the four greens on the roulette wheel. I see that's like a three green roulette wheel. <laughs> Actually, the minus 150, that's like a four green. Why not put six greens on there? People will still play. Sure. At least the ja at least the Jacksonville and Baltimore teasers yesterday didn't have to sweat much. Right. Oh, and two on both legs, because, you know, a bunch of people wrapped up Jacksonville and Baltimore in that early window. They're like, I, I already lost. Yeah, so, so, so so what that Baltimore blew it by? How does Baltimore lose up three after the safety? That was shocking. Yes. OK, so tonight, Steve, just to reiterate, Philly at Tampa again. You see as high as six on Philly, most are showing five and a half and 44 on the total. Yeah, and if you were going to get involved on some prop bets, I think going anti-Burrow and playing him under 23 completions, under 250 com um, completion yards are probably good wagers, investments to make as well. Okay. And did you or did you not, I apologize, play anything with that Philly-Tampa Bay game? Yeah, I bet big on Tampa plus five and a half, and the market's completely flipping me the bird saying, nah, it's, that's what the number should be. So I'm worried. I thought I had a huge edge, and then I thought I had a small edge, and now I don't know even if I have an edge. But <laughs> my numbers say Tampa, so we, I'm having a great NFL year. We'll go with it. Okay. And finally, on the way out, uh, I kind of buried the lead. Fezzik, you're not just great with sports betting, but you're great with pop culture. Uh, a big day yesterday for the Swifties, which I know you're one, Taylor Swift at the Chiefs game. Yeah, so I haven't, like, pop culture since 1980, so ask me about Ferris Bueller's Day Off next time. Taylor Swift, can I name, shake it off. I can name one song. Shake it off. <laughs> shake it off. That's exactly what you need to do as a professional sports handicapper when you have a bad beat. You shake it off. Fezzik, you're doing great, man. Appreciate you. Pregame.com, at Fezzik Sports with two Zs and a K on Twitter. Don't trust the fakers. Steve Fezzik, he's the best. We're back. Top 10. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, back with another week of football. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping an eye on all the NFL action. New customers pay attention. You bet $5, you get $200 instantly in bonus bets right now. Throw $5 down on this week's epic matchup. Walk away an instant winner. Football. Let's be honest, it's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the DraftKings app right now and use the code SHARP. New customers can bet $5 to get $200 only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with Coach Sharp. The crown is yours. Okay, boys, Monday Night Football tonight. Let's start with the early game, Philly at Tampa. This number right now, five and a half. You just heard Fezzik mention it's as high as six over at Circa. First off, I would say this about Philly's offense. I think the play calling offensively, Steichen, you saw what he did yesterday in Baltimore, is downgraded. Also, we have yet to see Hurts and that Eagles offense adjust to what defenses are doing after digesting a full season. Last week against Minnesota, they just ran the football. Todd Bowles' run defense is always great with the Bucs. I think this is a very good Bucs defense. I like the defense here. I don't like the matchup for Baker and this Buccaneer offense against the Eagles D, so I'll say this. If I'm playing the side, I'm taking the five and a half right now. If I can find a six, I'll take it with the Bucks. And then correlation, I do like the under tonight in the early Monday night affair. You can find a 44 and a half on the market. We're showing 44. So gun to head, forced to bet it. Give me the five and a half. Give me the 44 and a half under tonight. I agree with you on the Tampa and the points here. I think this Buccaneers team might be a little bit better than we anticipate. You know, it reminds me of what Dustin said with the Colts. We were kind of saying this is going to be a bad football team, but if you think back, they weren't a bad team last year. They had some injuries, Jonathan Taylor as well. And this Buccaneers team, there's still some remnants of the team from the Super Bowl, still a pretty solid defense, not great or elite, but decent enough to where they're competitive. And I don't know where you guys come out on Baker Mayfield. There are times where he's not going to deliver for you, but I still feel like he gives your team a chance. When we look around what we've seen on some Sundays, whether it's Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Desmond Ritter, I mean, he is a far, far upgrade to some of these other poverty-stricken quarterbacks that are playing for Atlanta, the Bears, and, and the Jets. Yeah, okay. I, I agree. I'm, I've been a little bullish on Tampa Bay, but I was hesitant to make a move. And look, the way Philly's come out of the gates, that losing both coordinators, I think he showed. They found a way to, to pick up a couple wins, but they haven't looked really precise in, in either of those games. You don't have a lot of confidence in them at, at the moment. So that's why I bet Tampa Bay to win the South at plus 320 during the show. If somehow Tampa Bay wins this game, that number is going to be a lot shorter. And if they lose the game, I think the number stays about the same because the rest of the division is so bad. But a win over Philadelphia could be really big to move that number, so I'm trying to get ahead of that. And then I, I agree on Baker. I think Baker Mayfield is a slightly below average league quarterback with the possibility week in and week out to have a decent performance. So, and I think he has a ton of weapons. And on the other side, the defense is legit. So it's going to keep them in a lot of these games. And right now, Philly's kind of winning an ugly style, gross kind of game. And that could play into Tampa Bay's hands tonight at home. It's too many points. I'm not betting it. But it does feel like too many points. Okay, the Rams are at the Bengals. It's three. It's 45. I'm not going to trifle with the cider total because everything comes down to Burrow. And even if he gives it a go, we don't know if he's going to be good to go, if you know what I'm saying. So I'll go here. I'll go Stafford completions. DraftKings has it set at 23 and a half. 
even on the over. Give me over 23 and a half completions for Stafford. 24 plus passes completed and back to back games. He's cleared this number in seven of his last 11 starts. Uh, we look, we've talked about the run defense of the Bengals, but it's not like their pass defense has been awesome either. Give me over 23 and a half completions. It's not one that I love. I don't love the side or total here either, but I'll go with completions on Stafford over 23 and a half. Like the call here, it's not just been Puka Nakua. Tutu Atwell's gotten off to a fast start, almost 200 receiving yards so far for this Rams team. I think they'll have some opportunities through the air. We talked about a little bit earlier with our guest uh, in terms of the inability of Cincinnati maybe to get the pressure that they need. The running game has been, uh, or the run defense has been pretty poor as well, but I think Stafford will have some chances. And Matthew Stafford looks like the Matthew Stafford that came to the Rams and won the Super Bowl and that had all that great success in Detroit. Uh, for this game, there is a prop that I do like a lot. It's Joe Mixon, over 15 and a half rush attempts. He's only had 13 attempts in the first two games of the season, but that's largely because they were losing those. I think being 0-2, potentially either way, Burrow plays, he's hobbled up, they're going to need to rely on the run game a little, little bit more. Burrow doesn't play, they're definitely going to need to get the ball into Mixon's hands more. I think that plays right into him going over 15 and a half. He went over that number four out of six home games a year ago. So go over 15 and a half on rush attempts for Mixon. And to quickly go back to the other game, I like Kate Otten over 25 and a half receiving yards. I prefer to bet his over receptions prop. The issue is it's at two and a half and it's juiced at minus 170 at most books. Even if they move it to my over uh, three and a half, I would bet it over three and a half at a better VIG. But right now that's not available. So I'll go over his re receiving yards, 25 and a half. Hunter Henry went five for 56 and a touchdown against this Philly defense. Hawkinson went seven for 66 and two touchdowns against the Philly defense. They're not defending <coughs> tight ends well. And Baker's able to get him the ball over the middle while everyone focuses on Mike Evans and Godwin on the outside. Also, I think at any time TD plus 380 isn't crazy for Kate Otten tonight. And then uh, Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown. It's plus money. With the way Tampa Bay defends the run, we could have a sneak scenario at the goal line. I like Hurts to potentially call his number, and you're getting a plus 105 price on a guy who scores a lot of rushing touchdowns. I'm going to go anytime touchdown on Hurts. Okay. A lot of words, big guy, but here's what I will say. If you're thinking about tailing Dustin Sweetelson, the floor is yours. Over at vsin.com slash subscribe when you sign up you get the picks and you can check out the picks page vsin.com slash picks there isn't anybody hotter at this company or anywhere else as far as handicapping it's called sharp money you've been pretty damn sharp you want to flex a little bit i don't know do you guys want me to be humble or you want me to be myself well i'm still i'm still just trying to recalibrate after all those words you just said and I'm and i'm trying to write down your bets because i want to bet them as well so i'll go to the picks page but all kidding aside it was a great weekend for you on the picks page. Why don't you flex a little bit? Uh, yeah, it was it was a fun ride. Now, I will say there was one bet that I won that I actually felt bad for you while I was winning it because you were on the other side, and I felt that even though my ticket cashed, like I was on the wrong side of the bet, and that was Florida State-Clemson. So I won on Florida State, but I didn't feel good about that ticket. And I think that's kind of my lesson here. When things are going right, you have to remember there are a lot of things that just go in your favor. And when you're hot, you're hot. And it'll come back on the other side at some point. But right now, I'm riding the wave, and I'm feeling good. I'm seeing the fastball clearly. You're not sneaking the breaking ball by me. And I'm able to square things up at the moment. Yeah, the big guy's a gratification guy. He, he's an extreme person. And right now, he's extremely hot. So jump on board. That's what I would say. And I'm on the keto, so I'm only going to get hotter. And he's, got, he's entering ketosis um, during Monday Night Football tonight, so you know what that means. <laughs> Nothing. Let's get to the top ten, the big guy, <laughs> before we get out of here. we got to finish up my dogs list, man. We're, we're not going to finish it today. We're going to leave one and two for tomorrow, and then I'll wrap up another top ten over the course of three days. Uh, so let's go with number six. Number six, my top ten dogs, is the French Bulldog. It's an extremely extremely expensive dog for the amount of dog you get. It's a little tiny Short thing. lifespan, too. Yeah. Short <laughs> lifespan, unfortunately. And the ears take up like 30% of the body. 
but it is a cute little thing. They seem fun. They seem like they have a little bit of a, of a personality. I know Zach Harper, who comes on the show during basketball season, has one, and Boogie is wild. So that's number six. Number seven on my list of top ten dogs, is, or number five, going the wrong way, is the Basset Hound. Just cute and adorable. <laughs> Just like you could take their ears and, like, jump rope with them. Like, you could smack Bro, them in you the should face. Get a ba- you, you should get a Basset Hound. It fits just, me. The big guy in a Basset Hound is perfect for Instagram. Just, just dragging those ears against the ground with those little tiny legs and all the rolls. I just, I think Basset Hounds are adorable. They're great cartoon characters, too. And then number four, this dog is pretty high on my list normally, but there's one issue with it, and that's, um, it's a dog you got to wipe, if I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, you just, you, you, you can't let it back in the house unless you wipe it because it got some issues, and it could drag some gross stuff through your house. Is the Rottweiler. I love Rottweilers. You can wrestle with them. You can throw them around. They're good protective dogs. So that's why it's at number four. The number three is a bit of a curveball for you. You probably never even heard of this dog. It's called a Leon Burger. Uh, I had some family Excuse friends me? who had these Leon Burgers, and when they're walking down the street, they look like bears. So essentially, you can that's own a, a handsome dog. Oh, it's a, a Leon great dog. Burger. Never heard of it. Google it. Google how big they are. It legit looks like you have a bear on a leash when you're walking one of these things down the street. So just because people, I've seen people freak out and be like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? And like jump across a sidewalk when they see a Leon burger. So that's why it's number three for me. Get yourself a Leon Spinks burger dog. All right, there it is. And you see 10, I guess the big upset thus far, Golden Retriever. All of you that own a Golden Retriever, it's the 10th best dog as per Dustin Sweetelson. There yes, it is. It's okay, a Me Too dog. Stay, stay hot. And remember, go sign up. You can get 40% off the annual subscription right now using the code SHARP. Help us out. all have a great one. Good luck tonight. Dustin, you do the same. And thank you to Steve Fezzik for stopping by. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Sharp Money. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.